Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. Can, can we, I want y'all to sing with me. I'm a terrible singer. Can I, can I encourage y'all on something? Um, I was up here acting a, a holy fool, and, and I don't care what you think about it. I say that to my brothers and sisters who I love deeply because some of y'all look at me like I'm crazy. You should be crazy if you know God. Man, and I will pray. That's why every week we get up here and we challenge y'all, worship like no one's around you. Leah gets up here and every week's like, sing out your praise. And sometimes, I'm gonna be honest for her, sometimes she leaves frustrated because she's like, where is it? Man, I'm, I don't see it. Where's the love? Like, like you, you have the living God inside of you, and this is what you look like while you praise him? That is not condemnation to you at all. you got to stop caring what other people think. If he saved your soul, act like he saved your soul. That's why, man, I will be up here acting a fool and not even second guess what anybody's thinking about me because that's between me and Jesus. And, and we need more freedom like that. We need more freedom in, in God's people like that. We need a heck of a lot more freedom. Because if we walked in the freedom Christ gave us, the world would look really different. Our relationships would look really different. Our families would look really different. The world at, at, at large would look really different. If we walked in the freedom we're supposed to, supposed to, it is for freedom Christ has set us free. Oh. And I want you to experience fresh freedom this morning. And maybe you already are. Anybody feeling free in the room? Yes. Yes. Dude, my whole whole preaching is going to be me exhaling hard. I I can't even, like, I'm feeling it so much. Like, it's, like, uncomfortable. All right, what are we doing? What should we do, y'all? What do you want to do? You know, we, like, the, the, like the, the body of Christ should be this organic. It should never be programmed. And we, we, we program things sometimes for the sake of, of shepherding, right? And, you know, ah, but it shouldn't be, man. People over the program. Love y'all. I hope, I hope God has already spoken to you. I hope he continues to speak to you. I hope that you walk out today with, with a fresh level of freedom. At a bare minimum, I hope you walk out thinking I'm crazy and wonder why you don't have it. <sighs> should, we, should we skip the video the video is really cool it's an encouraging video about holy spirit if you didn't gather that's what we're going to talk about today <laughs> okay <sighs> okay just for the sake of my sanity just turn to a neighbor quick give him a high five and tell him you love him just turn to a neighbor give him a high five tell him you love him Whoo. <laughs> I can't believe I preach sometimes without this feeling. Man, shame on me. Shame off me, but shame on me. Turn to another neighbor, give him a high five, say I love you too, but I did choose you second, so it's clearly less. Just, mmm, man. Church isn't a building, church is a person, and God's in those people. 
All right. John, John 14. John 14. No, skip it. I'm going to tell a story first. We're going to read. We are going to read the Word of God for sure. Um, I was thinking, how do I kick off this message? And I was like, I don't know. How do you talk about Holy Spirit, which is the most mystifying, mysterious, yet amazing thing in the entire world? That's one of the reasons I came in feeling like underqualified, you know what I mean? Uh, and I was like, well, I just need to tell them when I've seen Holy Spirit move like in amazing ways. And this summer, um, we had an event called Road Rules. Road Rules is our annual summer trip. We go for four days, three nights. Um, we don't tell the kids where we're going. We go out in nature, do a bunch of crazy competitions there in teams, yada, yada. We always try to incorporate a spiritual aspect to that, obviously. Um, and it's always awesome. This year, the Holy Spirit just did an amazing work throughout the four days that by the end of it, I just, I just was in awe again. You ever just become in awe again of God? You know, you were saved, and he did something amazing, and you were in awe, but then you lose the awe, and then he does something again, and you're like, how did I ever lose it? How did I ever lose awe for God? Like, so we're on this trip. We have a video for it. Should we play the video? Yeah, play that video. Play, play the Road Rules video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Just want to make a quick comment with that. It was not required of her to drink that bottle of syrup. She did that optionally as part of a challenge, okay? And she was wired for 72 hours straight. <sighs> hey, this is a weird request. Mark or Ben, can I get a water when you have a chance? I'm parched and sweaty and just so into this right now. So when anybody gets up, oh, sister, you're the best. You're the best. Living water right here. I'm going to tell you about road rules after I... Don't quench the spirit, y'all. Okay. This is amazing. Y'all listen to the story. <clears throat> so we get the road rules, and every night we do a devotional time. And I had asked two of my leaders ahead of time who uh, one was in service last time, and I don't know if Amanda Franzak's in here, but um, Amanda and Connor, I said, hey, you guys want to lead one of the devotionals? And they're like, yeah, what are you thinking? <clears throat> I was like, nothing. Literally, whatever God leads you in, do it. We had zero conversations about who was going to teach what. Get there the first night, and uh, I'm admittedly feeling overwhelmed because I'm trying to make sure, like, none of my 60 kids die, right? And so I'm like, Connor, 
would you be willing to uh, do, do your devotional night? And he was like, actually, man, it's funny you're asking that because I feel like God was telling me I should do mine tonight. The reason being, after my last message on, on a bunch of Sundays ago when I taught on the humanity of Jesus, anybody remember that one? We're going to talk about that today a little bit. He said, I, I felt like Holy Spirit told me to change my message for, the, for road rules. And I was like, bet. God, what God has to say is better than you. So he gives his devotional, and it's on suffering. <laughs> and I'm sitting there the first night of Revive thinking, no, this is too heavy. Like, this is supposed to be fun, you know? And, and I was wrong, naturally, because they get into their groups, and they're just opening up about stuff. Kids are talking about deep pains and hurts and struggles, and I was like, man, Jesus, you're cool. Like, Holy Spirit, you're awesome. Thank you. Little I know he was not even close to done. We go into the next day, and uh, the weather had called for blue skies. Now, if you know anything about me and how I run my ministries here, God's ministries, the ones that I'm blessed to be in charge of, I, 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 I try to be excellently structured because kids are wild, you know what I mean? So I, I tend to be programmatic for a reason. And we're supposed to do all this stuff in the middle of the day, and I swear a hurricane comes through this forest. Like, I don't know where it came from, probably God, because of what I'm about to tell you, but I was mad, I'm not gonna lie, I was mad at God. I was like, you're ruining our plans, this is messing everything up. So I'm weird, I went out into the rain and I sat in the pouring rain on a bench and I was talking to God, and I was like, oh, what the heck's going on? And he said, I, very clearly, Isaiah 55. And I was like, I don't know Isaiah like that. Like, I haven't, I don't, I'm, I, I'm a pastor, but I don't have the whole Bible memorized. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, what? And then I, uh, clear as day again, Isaiah 55. So I go to my cabin by myself, soaking wet, got the floor all wet. Fernando, I think, slipped and fell later. I, uh, I opened my Bible to Isaiah 55, and what does it say? It says, in the same way that the rain and snow don't come down to the earth without returning the crop, so my word never returns void. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sitting in the middle of a rain store, and you lead me to a passage talking about rain. So what I do, I rewrote my whole devotional. I had a whole devotional planned. And I talk about the rains of life and how like we're, we're called to walk through them, not avoid them. And a quick little piece of information I forgot to mention. Connor, who switched up his, like God said to switch, was going to teach Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. He told me that. He was like, I'm going to teach on community, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. So anyways, I give my message on the reign of life, and, and the conversations are even deeper that night. Because now we're two nights in of talking about hard things, talking about suffering, right? And the next day comes, and we, we go on what's called a creek stomp. Now, I, I need you to know this important detail. I don't tell anyone on that trip what we're doing. That's the whole point of the trip. I'm literally like the only one who knows what we're doing. So they had no idea we're about to march up a river. So we march up this river, we hike, and we get to this open area. It's like a watering hole type deal, and they're jumping off rocks into it and stuff. In my prog you know, programmatic brain, I was like, we got five minutes left. We're on a schedule, okay? And one of my leaders, Paul Springer, who's right here, came up to me and goes, Phil, I feel like Holy Spirit's telling me we should offer baptism. And my instinct was like, no, he's not. <laughs> not to tell you how God's talking to you, but no, he's not. <laughs> and, but for real, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I personally wasn't feeling it. So I said, give me a minute or two to pray about it. And I went back to him and I said to him, I I'm going to be honest, I'm not feeling prompted in that. But if you are, I trust you and I'll let you lead it. And his, race, his face got like red as a tomato and his eyes got this big. <laughs> and he says, I'm nervous, but I want to be, be obedient. I want to be faithful, you know. And I said, well, give it another minute or two. We'll, we'll pray a little bit more. And I get my own space, and I feel like immediately Holy Spirit starts challenging me, like, well, why don't you want to do it? Like, why aren't you willing to do this? And I started giving all the stupid reasons. Well, what if it's weird? And, like, what if it's awkward? Like, the kids are having fun. I don't want to mess that up. And, like, what if no one says yes? <laughs> 
And then I'm just sitting there looking like a dum-dum. You know what I mean? And, and he deposited this on me because this is how Holy Spirit works. He's constantly prompting us, constantly teaching us, constantly bringing things to remembrance. We're going to talk about that tonight. And, and I feel like he said this, it's better to be obedient and wrong than miss it. It's better to be obedient and wrong than miss it. So I went back to Paul and I was like, let's get in the water, dude. <laughs> let's go. And Paul came in with me um, and, and not having any idea how it was going to go, we baptized 19 people. <laughs> baptized 19 people. Yeah. Um, and, and as if that wasn't enough, because there's more to how Holy Spirit moved in this weekend. Uh, one, I just deeply believe that so many were prepared in their hearts for this because of the last two nights of devotionals, which God changed both of them. And then we get in there, and the third or fourth girl, her name's Sarah, uh, she was not supposed to be on the trip. She was a last-second ad, wasn't sure if she wanted to come. She comes up to me and wants to get in, and I'm, I'm talking to each student and a couple leaders before they get baptized, making sure it's, you know, the heart's right or whatever. And she goes, yesterday, while we were in the devotional, I had a vision of you baptizing me in a river. This is, this is a very immature young Christian who had no idea we'd be in a river and I had no idea we'd be doing baptisms and, God, and Holy Spirit gave her a vision of it. But she didn't want to tell anybody because she felt weird about it. Sound familiar? But she stepped out in faith and look what happened. Well, we leave and we're buzzing, right? The, I mean, the kids just witnessed a, a move of the Holy Spirit. We were there for two hours longer than we were supposed to be. Totally wrecked the day's plans, okay? Which the devil was like, Phil, what's going on? And I was like, shut up, devil. It was awesome. We get to the last day, the last devotional, and Amanda's giving it, and, and keep in mind, I said, we had zero conversations about who was teaching what. She sits down to give it, and she says, well, guys, I'm gonna be honest, I was really like going back and forth on what to teach because I didn't like know, and then a few minutes before this, I felt like Holy Spirit said to do he Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. The same passage Connor was gonna do until Holy Spirit told him not to. Like, do we see how close he is? Do we see how intimate he is? Do we see how, like, like, if we're paying attention, he's doing stuff like this all the time. It's never been about if he's doing something. It's always been about if we're looking. Because I could have left that and just been like, well, that was cool. <laughs> no, the God of the universe who, who lives in me and my leaders and my brothers and sisters worked that through a bunch of different people. He's so good, isn't he? And I wanted to start with that story because I need you to know as we talk about this idea of Holy Spirit, that's how tangible he is. He is not an idea. He's not just this thing. He's not, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I don't even know like almost where I'm at at this point, but I'm going to get it together, y'all. We're going to read John 14, 15 through 31. 14, chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. So open up if you've got your bookie books. Open them if you've got your Bibles. If you've got your phones, Google John 14, and it'll be on that page, all right? So I'm just going to read this, and we're, gonna, we're just going to go. We're just going to take off. And yes, thank you. Follow me on the screens. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Someone hear that today. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He alludes to the Trinity here. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not the bad one, said to him, 
Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? I would have been asking the same question. The disciples were such real people. I love it. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and then my father will love him. And Actually, I should take that word out. And my father will love him, not when. And we, back to alluding to the Trinity, will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things, and these are the, this is the little chunk we're going to sit on the most, so perk up. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, some translations say the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give, thank the Lord. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Funny little thing with that. There's like fun ways to memorize scripture. There's a Christian rap uh, guy named Flame who has a song, his first line in the, in the song is, don't let your hearts be troubled, don't be afraid. So anytime me and Jess read in the Bible, let not your hearts be troubled, we lean and go, don't be afraid. And that's how you memorize scripture right there. If she was here, she'd laugh, because she actually does them with me. She's a weirdo. You heard me say to you, I'm going away and I'll come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. Do you want to know why God gives us promises and and prophecies? Because when they're filled, our belief can strengthen, our faith can grow. So when you're looking for things God's done in your life, that's meant to build your faith. I'm going to read it again. And now I've told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, and if God's in you, he has no claim on you. But I do as the Father commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Now, the last time I taught, I focused on this single verse in which Jesus said, Now my soul is troubled. Do you remember that? And I said how that leaped off the page to me because it showed me how human he really was. And then we talked about this dynamic of Jesus being 100% man, 100% human, and how when we kind of just focus like as the deity part, like you're God, and that's just how I view you, you're just this lofty idea versus wait, no, he came down and and did the dirty work and you can relate to him as a human because he's walked ahead of you, like he's walked through the mud that you're walking through, he's been there. And that actually changes, that shift in perspective actually changes how we relate to Jesus. I think today we can challenge ourselves with the same type of perspective shift because I think that there's dynamics of God that if we aren't viewing them the right way or approaching appropriately, there's parts of how God wants to connect to us in ways that we are meant to experience him that we'll frankly just miss because we haven't been looking the right way. We haven't been looking through the correct lenses to see all that he has for us. So my first point is going to come out of verse 26. Verse 26 says this, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. There's one word in there that we're going to look at and emphasize, and I'm going to tell you exactly why you need to understand this. The word he. I will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. The first thing we got to shift in is this. Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is a person. 
Now, this, this probably isn't a new idea to many of us because here at Grace, we teach Holy Spirit and we believe in Holy Spirit and we believe the Trinity is three in one and all these things, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think the reason this needs to be reiterated and taught repetitively is this. You can't develop a personal relationship with something you don't treat as a person. You can't develop a personal relationship with someone you don't treat as a person. AKA, if we look at the Holy Spirit as this, this lofty idea, this mystical, like ethereal cloud, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I think we, it's, it's good and healthy to say I experience God's presence because that's biblical, but Holy Spirit is more than a presence. Just do you, are you tracking with me so far? Holy Spirit is more than a presence. And when we only view him as such, we're actually missing parts of him. We're missing pieces of him. And to the next level, when Holy Spirit is viewed or treated like this mystical idea, right? This like floating thing that's just kind of, and we have to call him to the room. No, we don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, he's here. If you're here and he's in you, he's here. So what we should do is praise him that he's already here. <laughs> <sighs> Why I think we need to understand this because there's this next level is that when we don't connect personally to Holy Spirit because we're not treating him like a person, what happens is when someone or something isn't connected to the way it was made to be utilized, if we aren't connected to something or someone the way that it was made to be utilized, we miss out on the full function of the thing in question. That's a lot of words. Some of y'all are like, run the tape back. I will. When we, when we treat something or someone in a way that it was not fully made to be utilized, we miss out on the full function of the thing in question. When we view Holy Spirit incorrectly, we're gonna miss parts of what he's here for. I'm gonna give you an example. I need, uh, I need an iPhone. Who's got an iPhone? Who's got an iPhone? Let me use it. Anybody? Nobody has an iPhone? You're a bunch of liars. You got your hand up first. Come, come lady in the white. Lady in the white, come here. Come here. I want to get your name. I feel bad just calling you lady, but Sarah, nice to meet you. I'm Phil. I'm going to take this. <laughs> now, first of all, what iPhone is this? Like the 48? This thing's beautiful. Last service, someone gave me an iPhone 12 and I respectfully declined. I said, don't tempt me, Satan. <laughs> I didn't say that. I took it. I still have it. Just kidding. <laughs> he forgot. The spirit moved and I stole a phone. All right. So, I love how you got the Bible up on here, girl. Yes. Now, this is an iPhone. <laughs> Anybody not know what an iPhone is? Oh, another thing that happened last service. First person who tried to offer me a phone gives me a hug and says it's an Android. And I said, take that hug back. <laughs> I'm playing, y'all. Playing, y'all. Team iPhone, though, for real. Okay. So this is an iPhone. This thing can do a million things. Like this, this device, in some ways, on its own, has completely changed the world. It, it connects, we're more connected of a generation of people than ever before because you can hop up on here and do a bajillion things in seven seconds, all right? So like there's so many like aspects to this. It can take beautiful pictures and this, oh, you don't have the triple camera, so these aren't as beautiful, but mine doesn't either, don't worry. I got an eight too. 
you, you can take pictures with it, right? You can, like, you can know where you're at at any point in time. Just pull up GPS and it's like, here you are, you know? I, I can Google anything I wanna argue somebody about in two seconds. I can be an expert, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And there's all of these different things we can use with this iPhone for. I wanna ask a question. What if I only used it to make phone calls? I could do that, right? It's a phone. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's what phones are for, Phil. Yes, thank you for the revelation. If, if all I used this phone right here for was phone calls, I would be missing out on a lot of its functions, wouldn't I? I would be missing out on a ton of its internal benefits that I could be utilizing to frankly make things easier for me, right? To frankly just make life more convenient or more fun or more whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't, if I wasn't using the camera, I couldn't have 798 pictures of my little girls on my phone, you know what I mean? Because I'm only using it to make phone calls. Now, I could do that, but this is like, the reality of this is I'd be brutally underusing the power and resources that this item offers. Oh, some of y'all are like, I know where you're going, Phil. Good. If all I used this iPhone for was making phone calls, I'd be brutally underusing the power and resources that are available to me. Can I tell you, I think many, many, many Christians walk their entire life never really enjoying the full value of what Jesus paid for. Yeah. Like if I paid $800 for this phone and only use it for the phone call function, I'm not using what I paid for. Can I tell you when Jesus died and then sent you Holy Spirit, he paid for God to live in you. Are you using the full value? And I worry, you can have your phone back. I worry that myself included, but how many of us as believers, and we're walking this, so there's no condemnation, but I wonder how many of us have only been using Holy Spirit for phone calls. I wonder how many of us have been brutally underusing the power and resources that are almost literally in your hand. When we don't view Holy Spirit as a person, when we don't have this perspective shift that he is a, he's, a, he's a he who wants to connect on, on a human level with you, who wants to walk and do life with you, and we view him as maybe something different, I think in the same way with that iPhone, we may be underusing what's available to us because we're not seeing it the right way. We're not pursuing it the right way. We're not approaching Holy Spirit, the person, appropriately. And I think this disconnect may start sometimes and end in that we've attempted to connect to Holy Spirit as an idea, not a person. And again, you can't have a personal relationship with an idea. You can't have a personal relationship with an, a, a mystical cloud because he's none of those things. Let me give another example as to how I think the dynamic of your relationship with Holy Spirit should look. Uh, I was in a meeting with Ben talking through this idea and fleshing out what, you know, what God might want to say. And uh, I, I said to Ben, I was like, well, I mean, think about it. If I met with you multiple times a week and your name's Ben, but I call you Gary every time I see you. Like I walk into the church and I'm like, Gary, how was your weekend? And we sit in a meeting and, and he asked for prayer and I'm like, Lord bless Gary. There is a clear disconnect in our relationship, is there not? <laughs> On multiple levels. One, I clearly don't know Ben the way I should because I don't even know his name. Two, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit does this, but on his end, he's not going to feel very connected to someone calling him the wrong thing all the time. I think while maybe in some ways that's a stretch, 
Like, there's a similarity that some of us have just frankly, like, misidentified Holy Spirit, and it's why we don't feel personally connected to him. Because if you're in the room, and this says, this says, if you love God, like, or if you claim to love God, this will be in you. Not if, it will be. Have we been identifying them the right way? Like, are you seeing the person of Holy Spirit come out of you in ways that are like, that was not me? I hope that you are, I hope that you are, because, because that's how we should be connecting to him. And my concern, again, both for myself, because I think, how many times have I said, like, like the, the presence of God and not identified it for what it was, the person of Holy Spirit? Do you see how those are two different things? And I think sometimes not getting that right is making us miss a level. And I, just to clarify, like, this isn't a semantics thing. Like, this isn't like, oh, I gotta pray certain words and I gotta specifically say Holy Spirit. It's not like, it's a relational thing. It's not a semantics, it's a relational thing. Like, like you're not gonna connect relationally to Holy Spirit, the helper God gave you, if you don't even really know like what and who he is, right? So, so we need to lean in and embrace, maybe for the first time or the hundred bajillionth time, and remind ourselves, man, he's a person who I can relate to and connect to. So my question, <clears throat> is how often do you speak to Holy Spirit like you would a person? How often do you speak to Holy Spirit like you would a, f- a friend or a family member? Can I be real with you? I asked myself that question first and was like, oops. <laughs> like I, I don't often talk to Holy Spirit the way I would my mom or like one of my good friends. You know what I mean? I don't, and I think we should. I think we should. And do we realize that if we're not, we may be missing out on much of what the Holy Spirit's here to do in and through us. You might be missing that, and I don't want you to miss that. Because here's the thing, like that has nothing to do with salvation, right? Like how well or underwell you utilize Holy Spirit while you're here has nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation is locked in in belief in the person of Jesus Christ. But I do, like, like I'm worried a lot of us are gonna get to heaven, and like he's gonna be like, dude, what were you doing? <laughs> You had so many resources available to you to make a difference, to heal relationships, to to physical healing, to to experience me in a way that you're getting a taste of heaven and you just didn't. You just didn't. And that's an encouragement to you that God has more for you, not a condemnation that you might have been missing it because there are so many times I know that I've missed it. And and the second thing I want us to pull and and lean into is out of 25 through 27 but I'll read 26 again as well. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It right off the bat gives us two functions of Holy Spirit. Teach you all things and he'll bring to remembrance all that, you, uh, all that I have said to you. And 27, peace I leave with you. Anybody want more Peace. And I don't want a piece of peace. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that doesn't get it done. He said, man, Holy Spirit, I'm leaving peace. Literally, I'm leaving peace with you. If you interact with him, him, the way that you're supposed to. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, nor be afraid. Here's my second thing, and this is the only other thing we're going to talk about. Holy Spirit has specific purpose. Holy Spirit has specific purpose. Now, last week, Mark uh, studied through the beginning of this chapter, and it said that we're going to do great works, right? Like, in fact, we're going to do the stuff Jesus did and even greater. And I don't know about you, but I read that, and I'm like, 
no, I'm not. <laughs> how? Like, how am I going to do that? Because you were the best thing ever. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I personally haven't raised anybody from the dead yet, maybe. So I can't help but hear that and be like, oh man, well, how? How can I do these types of things? And, and then it keeps going and it says, you can, you can ask for anything and get it in my name. And Mark broke that down how he's saying like, like if your will and, and your desires are lined up with the Father, you're going to start seeing some blessings come. You're going to start seeing some stuff happen, some prayers answered. Well, then I read that and I'm like, well, lining up my will with God is hard. <laughs> like lining up my desires with God is hard. Anybody say amen? Like part of me walking in this morning not feeling amazing is because I know that there was a time recently I didn't follow him very well. So I, you, then who gives us this guilt and shame? And because it's hard. It's hard. Well, then it keeps going. It says in the first verse of this passage, it says, like, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Well, that means I must not love you. Like, you know, and I'm just like, strike, strike, strike. And of course, in awesome Jesus fashion, what's the next verse after he says, if you love me, you'll know my commands. It says, well, that's why I'm going to give you a helper. Because you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You're not gonna be able to ask for stuff and get it. You're not gonna be able to do these types of like miraculous things. You're not gonna be able to follow all my commandments. Even if you love me, you need someone to help you. And he sends Holy Spirit to us. Therefore, Holy Spirit must have specific purposes. And why do I kind of highlight that? Because if Jesus came with a specific purpose, and, and did anyone argue he didn't have a specific purpose? <laughs> he had a very specific purpose. It looked like a cross for your sins, right? He had a specific purpose, had to leave us for a time until he comes back and fulfills his purpose and says, I'm gonna leave someone with you to help you while, since my purposes are done. What's that mean about Holy Spirit? He was sent here with specific things to do. He was sent here with specific ways to lead us and guide us and direct us and right before leaving, he says, I'm going to send another part of me to fulfill different purposes through you because I've done my part. And I think what we can pull from that is that we actually need to approach the Trinity specifically. We need to approach the, the parts of the Trinity specifically. And, and we're not going to necessarily get into theology of Trinity because this, this passage is soaking with it. Do you know what I'm saying? He keeps, it's like he's got like multiple personality syndrome. He keeps saying things like we, and like I'm in him who's in me, who's in you, who's in all of each other, and I'm going back to father, but we're in him too. And I'm like, man, nowadays we'd prescribe him medication, okay? <laughs> he didn't need to because he's God and he knew what he was talking about. But I, I, like Holy Spirit literally his, his purpose is to be your helper for all the crud while we're in this world. To be your helper, like God specifically said, I can't leave them alone. Like I can't. They, 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 like I have to go for a little bit, but I know how much they still need me. So I'm going to send another part of me. So we should be approaching Holy Spirit with this unique, this unique understanding of who he is and what he does. Because in some ways it is different. And, and to, to kind of maybe make that a little more succinct, I do have something I worked up that I think is good. Like Father God is, is the kind of first part, if you will, of the Trinity. He's up there ruling and reigning and pulling the strings and making everything happen. You know what I'm saying? Like my man's in control. And then he sent his, his son, Jesus, who, who mainly finished his role, right? He came and did what he had to do and he's got one more part and we're trusting he's gonna come father sooner than later. Do you know what I mean? And then he, he sends Holy Spirit 
on a separate note. He sends Holy Spirit for, for new things for us while we're here. Because Jesus, I don't know about you, I haven't seen Jesus yet, so I don't think he's back yet, okay? Which means I, the, who I interact with when I experience God and encounter God is Holy Spirit. Jesus, I don't believe, comes down in like whatever, whatever. I had a lady first service, we were doing a response time and people were getting prayed for and the church was being the church, amen? And, and she said, she told a story to the body that she was driving her car one time and she was really unsure about faith and she was just wrestling, blah, blah, blah. And she looked over to her right hand, which was on the, on the dashboard or something. And, and she, she said, she saw Jesus' hand holding her hand, which is amazing. But then she came up and said, but Holy Spirit just told me that was his hand. It was Holy Spirit's hand. And listen, either way, it's God, right? So we're not doing the semantics thing, but there was fresh understanding on her part that Holy Spirit is a person here to help you. And that's for any believer. And do we see the difference? Do we see the difference? Let me, let me like summarize it almost if I can, because I think similar to my message a few weeks ago saying like, if we view Jesus as only deity and God and sovereign and up there sitting at the right hand, if we, all, we have to view him that way. But if we only view him that way, we, we are missing it and that we need to intentionally relate to the human side of him because it changes how we relate, interact, and connect to Jesus. That new perspective of Jesus actually changes how we interact with him. I think there's a reason a lot of people like the idea of faith but don't experience it because they view God as up there when Holy Spirit's right here. Mm. I think the, the, the same danger applies to this like situation because when we miss that there's three unique persons of our God, unique persons, all equally God, three in one, like a mystery, we're literally told it's a mystery, we're not going to fully understand until we get there, but we don't connect that they have distinct purposes, then we're going to miss the parts of the mission that those specific parts of God are supposed to help us in. Even more succinct, if you will, because some of you are like, I'm not totally there with you yet, Phil. Three persons all equally God, but existing for different parts of the same mission. That, that's who we serve, and until we acknowledge this, we're not gonna interact totally the way we're supposed to with our God. Three persons of God, all equally God, but existing for different parts of the same mission. Have you ever thought of God this way before? <laughs> Like, I think for some of us, hopefully this is new and fresh and exciting because when we understand this, I think it changes how we interact with God, right? And wisdom is knowledge applied. So when we learn new stuff and put it into practice, we become wise. And that's why we're trying to learn new things, not just for the sake of learning them, to put them into practice because that's what wisdom is. So therefore, I think if we emphasize one over the other or pay attention to one over the other, we will miss essential parts of our mission. Like I think if, if we treat Holy Spirit like Alex Gilbert always says it like this, if we treat Holy Spirit like the redheaded stepchild <laughs> and like God is all we focus on and we praise Jesus constantly but we just leave Holy, Holy Spirit out, do we realize we're missing 33.333 repeating percent of God? And then we wonder, well why haven't I experienced it to the full because you're not encountering it in the full. <laughs> I say that with you, not at you. But like some like people be like, why are you crazy? And I'm like, oh, God's awesome. And I try to know the whole part of all of it. Whew. Have you ever interacted with holies? Let me ask you this. Have you ever, like, have you ever spoken to Holy Spirit as if he, he's your friend? As if he's a physical friend standing right in front of you? 
And, and like I can't help but just envision when we think about things like healing and praying for people and, and we know that scripture says that, that Holy Spirit translates our prayers. And Holy Spirit is the one who puts healing touches on people. And Holy Spirit's the one who changes hearts, right? Because he's here doing the dirty work right now. And like I can't help but what if we change it to think, well, when I'm praying for somebody, it's not, it's not the presence of God over here. I got Holy Spirit standing right here praying with me. I got Holy Spirit right here like interceding f- like for that person for me because I don't know what to say. And do you see that when we think of Holy Spirit that way, how much more real and tangible does he become than just this, again, ethereal, mystical idea of the Spirit of God? He's so much more tangible than that. And I think sometimes we've been missing it from not viewing it the right way. And while this passage is far from exclusive in what Holy Spirit does, it, it does give us some direct examples from the mouth of Jesus, like the red letters, you know what I'm saying, as to how he can function. And I'll tell you in a second why I think it's important for us to highlight these. But it says a few specific things in this passage. It says he's going to teach you all things. So like if you're in a moment where, where you learn something fresh, you leave here today and you're like, oh my gosh, that crazy sweaty young dude taught me something new. I didn't. Holy Spirit's going to teach you all things. Like, you're only going to learn it if you're open to letting Holy Spirit change something for you. My words will do nothing for you. Because, I mean, to be honest, y'all, you could listen to a million sermons all day long. I'm not going to do anything for you unless Holy Spirit's working something. So if, you've, if you learn something fresh even today, that's Holy Spirit in you. That's Holy Spirit working for you. It says that it's gonna bring, he's going to bring remembrance all that Jesus said. Have you ever been in a conversation or a situation and Bible verses just start popping up? Like, oh my gosh, Jesus went through this. This is how I should handle this. Or like, why did I randomly get that? You know what I'm saying? Why am I thinking about Romans 12 too right now? I don't know. I'm in, I'm in an IHOP. You know what I'm saying? That's Holy Spirit. That is the person of God in Holy Spirit talking to you. Like, if we acknowledge that stuff more, I digress. We're going to get there. How about this? Peace I will give to you. You ever just felt super peaceful in a terrible situation? I have, like immensely so. I can't share the story, but long story short, I witnessed something whew, three, four years ago that should have wrecked my life. It should have broken my heart. It should have done a lot of things. And I literally left joyful. Couldn't even tell you why. Because I, in the end, I saw how God had answered prayers and oh, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's from another day. That was Holy Spirit. Why didn't I thank Holy Spirit in that moment? You know what I mean? How about one more thing? It specifically says that he's not going to leave you as orphans. Have you ever felt alone and then like felt reassured that God's with you? That is Holy Spirit. God's directly saying, that is my Holy Spirit talking to you right now. Now, why do I say these things? Why am I encouraging you in this? Because listen, like if we don't acknowledge Holy Spirit, we won't be attentive to Holy Spirit. If you are in a relationship, a spousal relationship, and you pay no attention to each other, how well you're going to get along? You won't at all. Like if, if Jesus said, we're the, it's the bride of Christ, like so many ways he compares spirituality to relationships, right? If we're not acknowledging Holy Spirit, if we're not being attentive to Holy Spirit, we shouldn't be surprised when we don't feel like we see him. Because if I didn't pay attention to my wife, I'm not going to see her. She's going to leave. Now, Holy Spirit is not my wife, but Holy Spirit is in my wife. Unrelated. All right. So let me ask you that question. Do you tend to acknowledge Holy Spirit in your life? And some of us are like, yeah, and it's awesome. And that's why I see him all the time. And some of you are like, I have literally never in my life stopped and been like, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's okay. Start today. <laughs> if he's teaching you something right now, thank Holy Spirit right now. 
You know what I'm saying? Like anybody right now just need to say out loud, thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on. Now, why am I being weird about this and being like, you know, come on? Because like, let's go back to the wife example. If like, you guys ever had this dynamic, maybe specifically for my, my, my couples, like, when I don't acknowledge the things my wife does, meaning I don't thank her for doing the dishes and I don't thank her for making the bed, eventually I start to think what? That she doesn't do anything. <laughs> and then this is how this goes, okay? I, I go to her and I've never said this, y'all. This is purely hypothetical, okay? You're like, Jess, what do you even do? I've never said it. Not that blatantly. And then what happens, my, my husbands are going to be like, yup, she lists the 27 things she's done today. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you do a lot. But how do I get there? Because I'm not thanking her or acknowledging for the things she does. When we don't thank and acknowledge Holy Spirit for the things he does, it starts to seem like he's not doing anything. There are people in this room who don't think the Holy Spirit's ever interacted with him. He's interacted with you 472 times today. You haven't acknowledged him yet. He's been tapping you on the shoulder a billion times and you haven't turned around. Well, like, let, let's take it to the next level because, like, if, if uh, it makes you more, uh, yeah, you're going to grow in being attentive to him. I'm just going to leave it right there. Like, if you want to see more Holy Spirit in your life, start intentionally thanking him when he does do stuff, okay? When you wake up in the morning and, and you, you got peace, you need to be like, thank you, Holy Spirit, let's go kill this day. Then you're going to start noticing throughout your day. You know what I mean? And also, I think sometimes we think Holy Spirit is just this, it's this huge, it has to be a crazy moment, and I have to, someone's legs got to be healed and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it doesn't always need to be that. It can be that. But this is saying like little remembrances, little things he brings to your mind, little things he's teaching you. That's how he works. And when we start to acknowledge it, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. I have seen the Holy Spirit of God in my life 50 times today already. But are we acknowledging it? Are we being attentive to it? And are we willing, family, to grow in that? Holy Spirit has specific purposes for you, and we should be treating him specifically. Does that make sense? It's going to change how you interact with God, I promise. But there's one thing that I'm going to, you know, say that I hope leaves you encouraged, and, and we're going to just, we're going to worship the Lord, and wherever it goes, it goes. We might be here till like 5 o'clock. <sighs> I think you, if you walked in today not feeling loved, that's unacceptable. Let me tell you why. Like the last thing I noticed, I actually noticed it this morning, was the timing of all of this. The timing of him promising Holy Spirit to you. Him promising a helper to you. This is not generically for everybody. It is for you. He promised Holy Spirit to you. Look at the timing of it. He is moments really away from being brutally murdered. And he knows it. And listen, this, this is gonna, I hope this touched someone's heart. In his worst moment, he was still thinking about you. In his worst moment, he was still thinking about how to take care of you. Whoa, somebody needs to hear that today because you don't feel cared for. You feel like God's distant right now. You've had people in your life hurt you. And, and right now you gotta hear, in Jesus' worst moments, he was still primarily concerned about helping and loving and caring for you. That just makes me like, I'm clearly all kinds of emotional today. That just makes me want to cry. You know what I'm saying? That he was about to be hung on a cross and he knew it and he was thinking about me. Like, what does Phil need? What, what do I need to leave with Phil so he can succeed in this crazy life? And it's not a coincidence. Five verses ahead, he said, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. You've never been left alone. 
And I can't help but just read it and think, man, not only did he give us Holy Spirit, but the, the way he did it just shines his love for me and for you. He's God, God. Now we can say God because it was all of them. They're all God, right? He's so good and so gracious, so loving to us that even though he created the whole world and even though we messed it up, and he sent his son to die for the mess. So he just doing all of it, y'all. Created the whole thing. We jacked it up. Came and died for us. And even when he left, he's like, I can't leave you alone because I know you're going to need help. He gives us the Holy Spirit to literally live in us. And that Holy Spirit is equally God, but existing for different parts of the same mission. He's a person, part of God with specific purposes. Have you been looking at him that way? And could today be the day that, that you walk out and, and Holy Spirit's more than just a cloud for you now. Holy Spirit's more than just a presence. Like he's got specific things he wants to do and you're going to start talking to him today and you're going to look like a weirdo and guess what? Nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? The people who aren't talking to Holy Spirit need to be talking to Holy Spirit. So really they're the weirdos. <laughs> Wait, you, got, you don't want to talk to God? That's weird. You know what I'm saying? I do because that's awesome. Don't let people think you're weird. You'd be in Walmart just be like, Holy Spirit, thank you so much for I got that last loaf. I know you blessed me with that, Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. And then you're just doing, you're walking with him every day. Ah, man, it's, it should be like that. It should be like that. Holy Spirit is a person with specific purposes, and we should pursue him specifically. Oh, okay, yeah, we're going to stop. Uh, do I have music? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Here's, here's what I want to do. We, this is, it's so cool. We can do it differently than we did first service because first service never ended. <laughs> this is still first service. Um, so if you came in, you're, you'll know what we did. We, we opened up a time where basically we said like, listen, we, we want you right now, first and foremost, and y'all got to go, go ahead and go. That's cool. Um, as you can tell, some people still haven't left from first service. <laughs> we want to give you time because we think it would, it would just be highway robbery to talk about Holy Spirit and how you can right now interact with him and listen to him. He wants to work something in your life and it would be robbery to not give you the opportunity. It would be robbery to not give you the opportunity to listen to him when maybe you've never listened for Holy Spirit before. So, so we're gonna go into a, a time here where um, I'm gonna have Ben and Mark come up. I see Mark, I don't know if I see Ben, but if not, I can grab the mic. Um, and we're going to play some music, and you're going to get in your own spaces, and you're going to talk to Holy Spirit. And we want to give you the opportunity that, that if he says something to you, you can share it with the body if you'd like. Um, we hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.